On Wednesday, March 4th, we were joined in the studio by Scott Eustace from Healthy Gulf discussing the proposed Plaquemines Liquid Terminal, which would be built by a company called Tallgrass. The $2.5 billion, 20 million barrel facility would, uh, would carry crude oil and uh, be built directly adjacent to the community of Ironson on the west bank of Plaquemines Parish. We had some technical difficulties, but here is most of our conversation. The so-called Plaquemines Liquids Terminal, their P.O. box is in Colorado, their spokespeople are in Missouri, you know, and their money people are from New York. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and the company is from Kansas, so figure this out. It's not a Plaquemines Terminal, right, even though that's what they love to call stuff like this. I mean, we already have massive, massive amounts of oil terminals, and we have since the 70s. But, you know, in 2020, uh, fracking is the name of the game. Um, You know, you have the... uh, And, you know, Louisiana used to produce oil. Plaquemines Parish, oil is still, like, one of the biggest sources of revenue uh, for the parish. Uh, But they're facilitating the competition by... uh, They're trying to um, just, just get around the permitting process... Because of all of these conflicts, you know, um, the, I mentioned the public-private partnership. The fact that this mm-hmm. is like it's this is a private entity uh, operating under the guise of a public and a state district, mm-hmm. a state district that's not, you know, they're they're not renting the property to the terminal at market rate, right, and they're not. Uh, taxing the terminal so there's no taxes to go to the Plaquemines Sheriff or the Plaquemines School Board mm-hmm. uh, the, the port pockets the proceeds and then they turn around and give Tallgrass a cut rate on the land so the <laughs> we already have you know seven, eight of these oil export terminals in Louisiana mm-hmm. they just built a new one in Mount Airy that's mm-hmm. under capacity uh, and this one isn't even paying taxes, so we don't need this. Like you said, it's conflicting with the restoration program. The, uh, like all of Louisiana is going underwater with climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say all of Louisiana, I guess I mean everything south of I-12. Sorry, Alexandria, uh-huh. Monroe, forgot about you. But, you know, most of the population in Louisiana lives south of Baton Rouge, and South Baton Rouge is under threat from climate change, where the land is just, it was ripped up by oil and gas, mm-hmm. 400 square miles, and now it's disintegrating under the rising seas. What we have is this sediment in the Mississippi River mm-hmm. and in the other shipping channels. That and flows down from the whole From the whole, the whole country. Watershed, yeah. Right, right. And that... That does create some pollution pro- problems, no, but, but, but it's, it's what we have. It comes from. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. It's what we have. Uh, everything in New Orleans, we're sitting here in Tulane University. I mean, this place is built on top of alluvial sediments mm-hmm. that came down from Iowa and Illinois um, and, 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 and built the land. That's what we have. That land building has stopped. Mm-hmm. All the sediment is backed up in the river. Um, creating potential river flood problems that we don't, you know, all of this area in Plaquemines was mm-hmm. evacuated last year, right? Because the river was about to overtop the river levees. Mm-hmm. There's too much sediment 
in the river, it can't get back out into the delta mm -hmm. because of all these export terminals and because of all the grain export. So we do have a state program for survival. Uh -huh. Can you talk <laughs> it, a little bit about the about that? The, the yeah, yeah. It's well, it's not just we have diversion plans. The mm -hmm. existing diversions, the sediment diversion. There were oyster diversions, mm -hmm. like they released the river into into bays to try to control salinity in mm -hmm. the 90s that never worked yeah and it led to a lot of legal problems and most of the controversies around the new things revolve around those old plans that never worked the new sediment diversions where they've been implemented are really effective at building mm -hmm. land especially as climate change means that we have more river floods mm -hmm. right Last year, we had the most epic river flood ever in recorded English-speaking history. Uh -huh. And, uh, I mean, we need support for the fishermen. We need financial support. Our oyster farmers don't have crop insurance like the, mm -hmm. like the corn farmers do. Mm -hmm. But that river built tremendous amounts of land in the sediment diversion. So we have one planned uh, south of Ironton to protect Ironton and... New Orleans, but even if you're opposed to doing that, which uh, we're for it because it's tremendously effective, mm -hmm. this oil terminal would place its pilings on a sandbar in the river. Mm -hmm. They're trying to build a deep water oil export port in the sandbar. One, you don't want to do that because your your ships. They're saying they want to, you know, bring ships with a draft of 75 feet onto the sandbar <laughs> mm -hmm. right it's, it's a bad idea yeah. from a shipping perspective yeah but it's all from a coastal perspective that sandbar that's the source mm -hmm. that's that sandbar is worth more than gold to us in louisiana because mm -hmm. whether we build a sediment diversion and let gravity distribute that sandbar or we do mechanical dredging with you know a big old pump and mm -hmm. pump it through pipelines and do what's called dredge marsh creation, mm -hmm. which a lot of the fishermen are for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I even if that's all you want to do, this uh, oil terminal would interrupt that because you can't dredge the sandbar if the pilings of the dock yeah. are buried in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. it's a big fight, and you know, a lot of people are against the diversion because they want to secure this oil terminal. A lot of our elected officials are against the restoration program so that this oil terminal will move forward. And that's unfortunate because it's kind of like <laughs> suicidal thinking, but yeah. I wouldn't put anything past the Louisiana legislature. But I think um, what we've been, so it's bad statewide. Mm -hmm. It's bad for Baton Rouge mm -hmm. to sabotage this whole state's coastal restoration program. It's, it's bad for insurance rates in New Orleans. It's bad for anybody trying to own a house <laughs> yeah. in the next <laughs> 30 years in yeah. Louisiana. But it's particularly bad for the community of Ironton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, this, um, it's, since 2018, we've seen that all of these fracked gas and fracked oil projects they're exclusively in African-American areas. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know who, you know, intention is what. Normally it was bad. You know, in the Obama years, I wouldn't say there's no environmental racism. Yeah. Uh, if Louisiana has 33% African-American population, 
it was probably like 60% of the projects would go. Yeah. Now it's 100%. Yeah. 100% since 2018. There is not a single project that's not situated in an African-American town. And we see really District 5 St. James. Yeah. And uh, District 7 Plaquemines Parish. It's where they want to put all this petrochemical build out. We're tracking 13 different projects um, <clears throat> basically to expand Cancer Alley um, and the top polluters in the United States um, into these parishes that to date have been, you know, suburban Mm -hmm. African-American middle-class enclaves, Mm -hmm. tiny as they are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you know, with this one, this piece of property was um, subject to a, a shady land deal when it was the Ram Terminal. And in the past, we had a coalition across the state opposed to it for coastal restoration and for community health in the West Bank. And we still have those concerns. Yeah. We still need a coastal restoration program. And I think what we've learned, but now it's an oil terminal. Mm-hmm. And, and the ramp, oil that, concern. that was going to be LNG, correct? Like in- no, in 2012, if you recall, the coal industry was dying and mm-hmm. now it's kind of dead. <laughs> and the, the financial people of the world in New York were like, we got to export all this coal because mm-hmm. we dug it out on the ground mm-hmm. and we can't sell it. So we need to sell it to India basically, mm-hmm. uh, in Germany and the UK, big, big, uh, consumers of our coal. Um, and, uh, so there was a plan to build five coal export terminals. Uh, our organization fought all five, uh, 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 one, there was one expansion and one new terminal, uh, and all the others failed, mm-hmm. uh, because we pushed for a systematic review of these these guys. We ended up uncovering things. The existing coal terminals were bad, and we stopped this RAM terminal, which there was no need for it. There was mm-hmm. no market for it, and it would sabotage the Coastal Restoration Program, and it would destroy the air from Gretna to Ironton. So there's mm-hmm. a rail line, and that's how they... Now it's an oil project, right? Yep. It's the same thing. We're producing way too much oil and gas yeah, uh, and the government just has the directive to make oil and gas profitable at all costs. So some of that is the build out of plastics facilities in Pennsylvania and St. James Parish to artificially, you know, spike demand for gas and oil. Mm-hmm. And the other bit is to try to export the oil on the international market. Mm-hmm. Um, but even there, we've got uh, 17 million barrel capacity in. St. John Parish that's not fully employed, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so there's no need to build a 20 million barrel. Th- this is huge. It would, yeah. it would turn Ironton into St. James yeah. uh, in terms of the toxic soup of air pollution from the... Term. It would be more air pollution than the refinery, potentially. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's less regulated than the refinery because these are open tanks. You know, yep. there's no roof and the the dust and the grime and the filth from these things um, spreads all over the place. Uh, what's more is that just like with the coal issue, this would be the first oil by rail through Gretna. So mm-hmm. this is for the, there's no way to permit, you don't, you can't, uh, there's no permit to argue about for the railroad for Gretna. 
Gretna has to fight the terminal. That's the only way, that's the, that's the permit that would then, you know, the moment they approve these permits, we get three unit trains, um, I think weekly. And describe uh, a three unit train. It's a big, long, you see them, you know, in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, they're they're um, just uh, 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 um, big, long, black oil tankers that move along the rail line mm -hmm. from, you know, they would move from West Wego to just north of Ironton mm -hmm. once the permit is, is approved. And so that means it would go through Harvey into Gretna and Algiers mm -hmm. and, and off gas there. Mm -hmm. And then they would move them also down Highway 23 through Bell Chase and then past Oakville, Jesuit Bend. So all of these communities, mm -hmm. this would be the first time that they would really be exposed to the kind of benzene mm -hmm. and particulate matter, air pollution, that kind of grime, soot, and mm -hmm. filth that, you know, it's like, you know, uh, if you live in a place that snows, you know very well the stuff that comes out of a tailpipe, right? Mm -hmm. This is just like <laughs> turning all of the West Bank into <laughs> the, 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 the exhaust zone for the world's biggest tailpipe, right? Wow, that's uh, a powerful so, image. You know, in the past, we've had the historic areas of Gretna don't want this mm -hmm. because it's just going to put... They were concerned about coal dust on their windows. Mm -hmm. This is like that times 100. Because yeah. this is like grimy, filthy, oily dust that's yeah. going to go all over the windows, all over the historic areas of Gretna and Algiers. And, uh, of course, uh, but most intensely that's felt in the community of Ironton, which will be just drowning in a toxic soup of benzene and particulate. So the tall grass won't say, though, what kind of oil it is. Because we've heard that they're trying to get some of this other stuff that's not oil, that's branded as oil. Like, uh, you know, you have the oil sands in like, Canada. Okay. Yeah. There's similar stuff coming out of Utah called uh, uh, black wax, right? It's wow. not oil. Uh -huh. It's more like a paraffin. Uh -huh. If you've ever used paraffin wax to burn, uh -huh. you know, for some candles, you use it. It's greasy... You know, it's but it's not oil, right? Uh -huh. no. <laughs> but they call it black wax, uh, and so they're they're uh, uh, the Rio Grande Railroad and Drexel Hamilton partners are looking to bring black wax from Utah to Plaquemines Parish. So it might not even be oil, yeah. uh, in which case that just makes. As far as the toxic soup goes, potentially that means that it's not only benzene and particulates, it's also things like naphthalene and yep. biphenyl and uh, more uh, persistent and uh, punishing and toxic chemicals um, added to that filthy black grime that's mm -hmm. going to go everywhere along Highway 23. So, you know, of course, the company likes to talk out of both sides of their mouths, mm -hmm. right? They say, first, uh, when they first proposed this project, they didn't need the rail. Because um, <laughs> when you ask, when you talk to, and I'm sure they're telling Gretna, like, there's no, there's not going to be rail impacts. There's not going to be, you know, air impacts um, from these oil trains. Uh, but uh, <laughs> then in the Plaquemines Parish Council, 
who's paying for the project, whose taxes are paying for the project. Um, they don't have a pipeline planned for the project. You know, the port will say, well, we'll, we'll, we'll pull the oil by rail. Um, they'll, they're telling Utah that only has oil by rail. We'll work with you and get the oil out of Utah uh -huh. by rail car. So to certain parties, they'll say, you know, uh, we need to ship the oil by rail. But then when you bring up the fact that putting bomb trains from Westwego to Ironton is going to create a toxic soup on the West Bank, they'll say, oh, well, we don't need, we're not going to do rail. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. So don't worry about it. Yeah. And they want to get their permits, you know, and then people will find out, you know, what they've been sold. So they, you know, this is the same thing that happened last time. Yeah. And the judge looked very poorly upon it. So, <laughs> you know, we are prepared to go to court again. You mm -hmm. know, these, none of these permits have been approved. They, they were supposed to have been approved last year. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we keep repeating our concerns about the Coastal Restoration Program. And uh, uh, now I think our major concern, what, we're, what we want to really emphasize today, is just that they've been, they've been lying about their air impacts. They first applied for uh, a minor source air permit, mm -hmm. which drastically underestimated the amount of air pollution. Um, LDQ, the Louisiana Department of Environmental Quality, has different tiers of permits, mm -hmm. right? You can get a small permit, it's just a little thing. Uh -huh. It's just Theo's taco truck. Uh -huh. You know, it's just a little bitty yeah. thing. Uh, and that's a minor source. Or it could be like, you know, Phillips 66 oil yep. refinery. That's called a major source. And Tallgrass, even though in their investors, they're like, this is a 20 million barrel. Uh -huh. There's no oil terminal that is 20 million barrels. Like, even the mega ones in St. James, we've got like five oil terminals that are 7 million barrels apiece, right? And yeah. added up, cumulatively, the impact means that St. James people are dying, right? Uh -huh. um, sad stories out of there. Uh, we don't want that to happen. We need justice for people in St. James. We don't want that to happen anywhere else. But, you know, this one project, 20 million barrels, and they were saying it was a minor source. And they went to Ironton saying, like, look, it's a minor source. Look at our permit application, which was totally false. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. That application has since been thrown out. Yeah. And then they've had to come back, and now they've come back to DQ with a new application that says, well, okay, it's a major source but only for the dust, the kind of grime, uh -huh. the what's called particulate matter that comes out of these uncovered oil tanks, uh -huh. right? Um, uh, but now they're still lying about the hazardous air pollutant, hazardous air pollutants, the amount of benzene mm -hmm. that comes out of these oil tanks. You know, we have these in Louisiana. In Texas, they've begun to cover them with domes mm -hmm. so that the rain doesn't fall on them and collapse them. Because so mm -hmm. what we've witnessed over the years um, with Murphy Oil, mm -hmm. Stolthaven, uh, uh, and, and uh, Exxon Baytown, uh, shoot, Texas City Petroleum, um, these tanks, when you put them in a hurricane... The oil goes everywhere. It's just, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we need to, in Texas, they're moving to put domes. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, And that would also protect from 
So what happens in the big rainstorm that we get from the hurricane is that these are they're what called uh, what is it called? It's an external floating roof, uh-huh. <laughs> which means that the the roof, if you if, you know, if you're flying over an airplane, it looks like it has a white roof, but it's really just a cover that mm-hmm. floats up and down with the level of the oil, mm-hmm. and there's just you know, it's open. The mm-hmm. oil can get out. Mm-hmm. There's no seal because it's an external roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just big. Well, it, it's just yeah. open, right? It can just the oil comes out and leaks particulate matter of benzene all over the place. So imagine Harvey comes or Isaac comes and puts 30 inches of rain on top of that floating roof. Mm-hmm. What we see then is that the steel from the tanks collapses. And we saw a little bit of that in Barry at Alliance Refinery. We saw a lot of that in Harvey uh, in Texas City and in Exxon Baytown where these uncovered oil storage tanks collapsed under the weight of the massive amount of rains we now get, mm-hmm. right? And then with Stoldhaven and Murphy, um, we see that oil putting oil storage in places that we're constantly having to evacuate because of hurricane storm surge, it's a bad idea, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, after Katrina, uh, my aunt's friend tried to get back into Chalmette, you know, to try to get back uh, into the into the neighborhood where the Murphy oil refinery was. But that storm surge had just moved the tanks off their base. So that Uh, opens these things from the bottom, right? And he was wearing a silver cross. (laughs) Uh, And he didn't know anything about air pollution, but he came back into Chalmette, and Murphy oil's tanks were off their base, and his silver cross turned black. Uh, <laughs> and he didn't know he didn't know about hydrogen sulfide pollution. Yeah. He didn't know about the chemistry that would, you know, the toxins in the air that would react with silver and tarnish it. But he just saw his cross turn black and he left. He got yeah. out of there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hydrogen sulfide, another big pollutant with these oil tanks. I think with Stolthaven, the Stolthaven in Isaac, we had another case where the hurricane storm surge moved these oil tanks off their base and the oil was spread for miles in the middle of the night while people had to evacuate using the river road, right? Mm-hmm. It was two in the morning and thousands of people were evacuating Plaquemines Parish through a cloud mm. of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and Soldhaven is another lesson because, again, that company was permitted for vegetable oil, mm-hmm. right? Their air mm. permits... Or for one thing, uh, they said this re- this is recycled oil, y'all. So you know, it was like everybody was like, "Oh yeah, it's the grease traps. All the grease traps from the restaurants. They go to Stolthaven, and we reuse it for diesel, yada yada." But you know, they were also recycling, you know, the scum at the bottom of the Alliance refinery, right? Yes. The bunker fuel yeah. and the weird uh, junk that is contaminated and mixed with everything. So. When we found out their business practices did not reflect their permit in the worst way, the Hurricane Isaac revealed to all of us and revealed to the lungs of thousands of Plaquemines Parish residents that they had been lying in their permit. So we don't want any more facilities. You know, it's bad. St. James floods. Mm -hmm. We have a major oil leak from these kind of terminals in St. James twice a year Mm -hmm. of like thousands of gallons of oil. So we don't want to put a bigger bunch of toxic soup 
just waiting to be spilled <clears throat> right in Hurricane Alley, which, you know, folks in Plaquemines, are, they're on the front line of climate change and, and, and storm surge. Like I said, they get it coming, going, and the other way. Yeah. They flood from the rain. They flood from this hurricane storm surge. And as we see last year, they flood from the river, man. The river overtops the levee in Plaquemines Parish. You know, we had some fear in Barrie, if you recall, that yeah. New Orleans would see some river overtopping, maybe in uptown in one little spot. Dude, all of Plaquemines Parish below the, the Navy base, uh, outside of the levee system yeah. on the West Bank, yeah. is vulnerable to river over top. And I'll include St. Bernard East Bank too. Mm -hmm. That's where the river could very easily overtop. And <clears throat> with levees, you know, you gotta think about where's the weakest link. Mm -hmm. In New Orleans, we're not as risk as much at risk because the weaker links are all downriver from us. Mm -hmm. The lower as we do have some low spots in New Orleans and those are we need to be concerned about those. But the thing about levees is, <laughs> you only, what is it? You only have to outrun the slowest guy to get right, away from the right, bear. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, and we know that from the history of Carnarvon, where they blew the levee in St. Bernard to save New Orleans. You know, Plaquemines Parish River Levee is the most vulnerable spot. And ironically, it's probably because of the racism that this area that they're putting all these new petroch petrochemical facilities is the lowest part yeah. of the river levee. Yeah. The West Bank in District 7, an African-American district, seen historic levels of disinvestment for roads and drainage. And hey, when you look at the elevation of the river levee, it looks like it's been disinvested from in terms of the, the levee protection as well. 100%. That's, yeah. why, that's where all of these new developments are going. And it's... It's kind of wacky. We, we don't need to put any more, you know, it, we're planning for these disasters at this point if we haven't learned from Murphy Oil and Stolthaven. And so even, you know, Tallgrass, they keep, you know, they keep changing their story again and again. Mm -hmm. And we got to keep asking them questions about uh, the rail impacts to mm -hmm. Gretna about the sabotaging of the state coastal restoration program. Um, they have a lot of money and that it buys a lot of people. Uh, we have the truth and we have the numbers. We just have to be persistent in letting people know on the West Bank that Tallgrass and Plaquemines Liquids Terminal want to create a toxic soup from West Wego uh, through Bell Chase and Oakville and into Ironton, uh, and they want and they're, they want to cover the West Bank with filth and mm -hmm. grime from these oil trains and the massive oil terminal uh, uh, in you know historic Ironton. So, if folks want to uh, <laughs> learn more and get involved, uh, what are, what are some ways that folks can get can 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 stay apprised and 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 right. be part of it? 
Well, yeah, as always, Healthy Golf on Facebook, healthygolf.org online. Uh, you can go to healthygolf slash donate. We are one of the few environmental groups in Louisiana that takes no oil money, no money from any polluter. So we rely on you to fund our research and advocacy to protect the health of communities and, and to protect the lands and save the coast. Um, so healthygolf.org, stay tuned for more. But um, uh, just um, we're going to be at the Tulane Environmental Law Summit this coming weekend, mostly talking about Formosa, plastics, pollution, and environmental injustice, uh, environmental discrimination. Because, it, like I said, since 2018, 100% of these facilities are going into historic mm -hmm. African-American areas. So I think uh, uh, it'd be wise for Louisiana and wise for the world to pay attention to what's going on in these small black towns. Their survival is connected to all of our survival. So healthygulf.org, Tulane Environmental Law Summit this weekend at Wineman Hall. Um, <laughs> look for us out on the streets. Scott Houston, thank you so much for visiting with us today. <laughs> Thanks, Theo.